Hello everyone, it's Zan, and it is Tuesday. So what does that mean? It is Spyrokin's TV Tuesday, the podcast where we talk about new television shows week by week, going over the initial reactions and how you feel about new shows that are coming out. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spyrokin.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, and all the other social media sites. And note, we open up with a non-spoilery initial review and then after the ending music we have a spoiler filled section so stay tuned after the credits to hear all the awesome spoilerness so before i get started in with the three shows that we are watching i have to tell you this uh greta isn't going to be here for the next few weeks reason why is that she has to take care of some family stuff and understandably she is not going to be around i might be able to skype her one of these episodes but we'll see what happens uh but hey I've been doing this podcast since 2008. I am used to doing things on my own, so no problem. But we hope her family the best during this time, and we can't wait for her to come back. So now that's out of the way, let's actually get to the television shows of the week. We've got three of them. This week we watched the latest episodes of Nosferatu, Snowpiercer, and Stargirl, and each one of them has brought a lot to the game, I've got to say. So we're going to start off with, obviously, Nosferatu Season Two episode two, Good Father, directed by John Chaban, and this episode was following the fallout of the last episode and going into Charlie Manx's history on what it was about. And it's actually intriguing to see how he went from this man who was a loving father and husband to the Charlie Manx that we know, who's kind of a horrific monster. There was not a lot of, there was no reference to uh, Vic this week. It was all about Charlie, with a little bit of sprinkling about Bing, and more importantly, a lot about Millie and her origins. And it's interesting to see where things are setting up to go this season. Now, obviously, standout performance is going to be Zachary Quinto, who knocks it out of the park. Uh, Olaf Olafsson is great as Bing. Now, the actress who plays Millie, I've got to say, I'm feeling her. I am intrigued to see what's going to go on, and more importantly, I'm fascinated to see if she's going to turn on her father. But we're going to have to wait and see what happens with that. Uh, so definitely check out Nosferatu uh, Season 2, Episode 2. Totally worth it. Very cool. And we'll talk more about some of the spoilers after the show notes. Next, we had Snowpiercer Season 1, Episode 7, The Universe is Indifferent, directed by Helen Shaver, who directed the last episode. So this is a kind of continuation of that, seeing the aftermath of that. And this is, officially, you have Melanie's cards have fallen. Things are gone really, really bad at this point. She knows Leighton is still alive. She knows he's escaped the drawers, and she's trying to hunt him down. You have the fallout of what happened with Till. And more importantly, you have Leighton setting things up so that this powder keg is going to go off. Most likely the next episode, things are going to get really fucked up. Also, you see Melanie do some stuff in this episode that is truly dramatic. One character dies in this episode, and how it happens is bittersweet and sad. Especially because it's a character you didn't want to die. So again, overall, great episode. Definitely worth checking out. It's going to be fun to just see what happens next episode. I'm kind of psyched for it. Anyway, so finally, we watch Stargirl Episode 7, Sheev Part 1. This is directed by Leah Thompson. Yes, that Leah Thompson, the one that was Marty's mom in Back to the Future. She's a director now. 
when I saw it, I was like, wait, really? She's a director? What the hell? But this is actually the most competent and best episode, I think. Because it sets up a lot. First off, we find out more about Cindy, a.k.a. Sheev, who is the daughter of Dragon King. We've known that. We find out more about Justin, the janitor. And we have Courtney acting like a little brat because she knows better than everybody else. And then because she acts like she knows better than everyone else, she takes a huge fall. She ends up getting really, really just messed up. And the consequences of her actions come to bear for right now. Since this is a part one, obviously there's going to be a part two. And we're going to see the fallout of those actions. Now, I don't want her to die. I like her. I think that she could be the anchor of this show. But she has to step it up. And this one is, I think, the real knock on the head she needs. To be like, hey, you got to start listening. you got to be a better protagonist. Because she hasn't listened. When... Um, Johnny um, Zarek died. She did not click in her head that, hey, this has consequences. I think this episode's ending put those consequences in her head. Now, one thing I will say, and that's a good part, is that we finally get a motivation for the little brother that makes perfect sense. It also explains why he's been acting like a little tool the last eight episodes. He has a motivation behind it. And it's a good motivation. It's not like a, oh, I'm just an asshole because I'm an asshole. No, he's acting out because his family dynamic has changed and he has to deal with it. He's a kid. And for that reason, I actually have to apologize for shitting on him for the last couple of episodes. Because I could see him actually as an interesting and integral character in this series now. We are going to have to wait and see. Also, a couple of running jokes happened. And we did see some elements that I'm a little happy about. Some parts I'm a little sad about. We're starting to see some friction between Pat and uh, Courtney's mom. And also Jordan, aka Icicle, is starting to move in. So maybe something's going to happen. And Icicle's going to be your new stepdad. That's going to be really fucking awkward. Especially because son, his son likes her. But this is probably this in the top three episodes of the season. It's fixed a lot of problems. And it is getting better. I've got to say. I'm glad I stuck with Stargirl. So, this one's not a meh. This is a definitely stream and check it out. So, I think that's all I could really say about these episodes. Um, without spoiling stuff. So, I guess that's it for this episode. If you've seen these, let me know what you think. What was your expectations for the next episode of Nosferatu? Where do you think this is going to go? Let me know in the show notes. And you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spirekin.com. So anyway, thank you guys for listening, and stay tuned for the spoilers after the music. Have a great day.
back and it is spoiler talk time and holy shit holy shit so much happened so let's do like we've done and go backwards starting off with star girl and seeing cindy beat the hell out of courtney as she was amazing scary dramatic also she took a cosmic rod blast to the face and she wolverined it up she healed up she's all better and then you have Sir Justin showed up, finally, because we knew it was Justin, and we saw the horse, like, is, and he speaks like a medieval guy. He's like, is it Sir Justin? Is it Sir Justin? And then you see in his locker, he has the sword, and then he recognizes Stripesy, and then he proceeds to use his sword to beat the hell out of Cindy. So, it is Sir Justin. I gotta say, that was something I've been waiting for, and it's great. This is a fan service episode that was done really well. Uh, besides the fact that we had... Uh, Jordan talking to his son about how to get a girl and being really creepy about it, like saying, "Hey, your wife, your, my mom was your mom was with someone else, and I killed her." Like kind of jokingly, but you totally know he killed the guy that she was with. So you know if he's in love with someone, he's gonna just do anything he can to get this person. And this makes you worried for Pat. And if he recognizes Pat, oh God, that's gonna end off really badly. So you have that going on. Uh, you have the new JSA actually meeting for the first time doing their their first training session and Courtney being the ball hog she's like I know about this I know about this and it's like it's for the team not just for you you have to learn how to do this and Pat even says listen you have to learn to work together you got your butts kicked and Courtney's still doesn't get it she's all about herself and that's when at the end of the episode seeing her get beaten up by Cindy it's I don't like to see a superhero get beaten by the villain, but she needed this. She needs to fall down, like really fall down and understand this is not a game. You can die. I hope this works. If she's still super optimistic and nothing can hurt me in the next episode, this may drop the rating dramatically, but it was invigorating to see a lot of the elements in this. Seeing everything about Cindy was great. Seeing how she's apparently an experiment by Dr. Ito, and she's very childish about it she's very she's very i i want to be part of the isa i have to be part of the isa and dr you's like no you can't be part of the isa you're just a child you're throwing a tantrum that's why i didn't give you powers and she just doesn't want to listen it was cool though to see her bitch talk solomon grudy say ah shut up 
So she won't take shit from nobody. So she is dangerous. Just she has to learn to get her shit together, I think. So on another note, let's get to actually the thing with Mikey. Uh, Pat's son and Courtney's stepbrother. The fact that he admitted to Courtney is like, you're stealing my dad away. And that hurts me. That was a great revelation. Like I said, I was wrong about Mikey. He's a great actor. And it makes things make much more sense. I really hope that's the reason. And it's not just that they threw it in at the last minute. But it, it just the scene of him confronting Courtney about it at the football game, at the homecoming game, it felt right. It felt like a, listen, dad's gone through a lot or Pat's gone through a lot. We're fine without you guys. You're not stealing him from me. I like that. He's drawing a line in the sand, and I'm curious to see what happens when he finds out everything about the Justice Society and all that. How is he going to feel? Maybe he'll be the guy with the chair. Maybe he'll become a superhero. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see with that. Now, one other thing, uh, as I said with Cindy, the scene with her and her stepmother, like just how scared her stepmother was of her makes me wonder how crazy they're going to make Cindy because we already know she was a bitch. And we could see that she's deadly in this episode, but it's like she's menacing about it. And th- there's a statement she says in the beginning where she's like, you shouldn't be afraid of me. You should have wished I got hit by a car. It's like, wow. That means that she's threatening and scary. So, I don't know. It's just, I want to see more interactions like that because Cindy's a great character. The Sheev, I want to see more of her. Uh, also finding out that her whole mission was to befriend Henry because... Or date Henry because she has to watch over him. She's like his bodyguard to make sure that he's safe when his powers develop. That was a nice plot twist. I kind of figured that or we were debating about that. But it's good to see that that's the reason. Now the other thing is her not realizing Henry has powers. That is a nice misdirection. Because when she finds that he can read her mind and he knows that she doesn't like him. Oh boy, that's going to fall out really bad. Hopefully he can like brainwave her or blast her or do something. Because right now all he can do is read thoughts. And him and when he finally gets his powers to work and he's cheating on the math exam. Perfect. So yeah. So Stargirl Sheev. Great episode. Really good episode. I really enjoyed this. It's, I would say it's a little bit better than the Wildcat episode. But I think that one still is stronger. It's still a stronger episode for now. Uh, I, oh, I didn't even speak about Sir Justin. Oh, seeing Sir Justin actually kick ass and seeing him be a good person. I'm happy to see that. I do want to see if Vigilante, his partner, is going to be involved. But, eh, we'll have to wait and see. So now let's get to the big one. Snowpiercer. Oh, man. So when we last left our hero, he had escaped from the drawers. And he had attempted to kill Melanie, failed, and he's currently hiding somewhere on the train. He's hiding it with one of the doctors. And now we know that Miles is being promoted to engineer, which is good. Josie and Leighton had their little sexy time. And Melanie just saved the train, but because she saved the train, things look a little better. But she's super stressed about it now. Now she has to find Leighton because Leighton tried to kill her, and she has to deal with him. And Leighton knows way too much. So, Leighton ends up going to the night car and trying to set up everybody together to get a team together to take over the train. You have Beth, uh, second command for hospitality, on her day off, getting asked out on a date by one of the brakemen. And that was, at first, a really good scene, because it was like, oh, she's a real person. 
And that turns out, no, it's because the insurrectionists want to tempt her with taking over Melanie's role. And that was tragic. And the worst part is that she goes to Melanie to be like, listen, they're going to plotting against you. And Melanie, because she's pissed off at what happens at the end of the episode, yells at her. She should have listened. And if she had listened, she would not have had now someone who has reasons to insurrect against her. So she set, So Melanie has set up her fall. I don't know how she's going to get out of this. I really don't. Because she is now enemies on all sides. And then, the thing which is the most tragic is that she ends up, because she blackmails uh, Leighton's ex-wife, Zariah, she ends up catching Josie, bringing her to hospitality, and then torturing her to find out where Leighton is. At first she's like, oh, well, you could stay with Miles, and I'll let you go up front. And then... Because she knows too much. You see Jennifer Connelly doing the most sinister thing possible. She ends up taking apart part of the train to and attaching a hose to a thing which is blasting outside. So she could end up freezing Josie's finger. And then she smashes it with a hammer. And she's doing it with a stone cold face. I do like that you see her reaction afterwards. Like she has to take a break. So I'll give you a minute to think. And then she goes to the bathroom and she's vomiting. Like, she's horrified by what she's doing, but she has to do it. And before she does the smashing, Josie and Melanie have a good conversation about why did she do this. And Melanie's response kind of piqued my interest when she says, and I quote, I inherited this. If I had started made this train, I would have made it my way. But unfortunately, I inherited this, so I have to follow the rules. Now, if she's pretending to be uh, Wilford, and Wilford's dead, then she could do whatever the fuck she wants. Why is she keeping order in the way Wilford wanted it? The only thing I can think of is that Wilford is still alive. He might be in a drawer. Not sure. But, you see, Till finally chooses a side, because she sees that this is wrong, but I love the fact that when Jennifer Connelly comes back, or Melanie comes back, to convince Josie to give up Leighton, and she says, I'm going to kill you if you don't. And I love the fact she looks down and she sees that Josie's arm is completely frozen and she breaks it off and she tries to kill uh, Melanie. That was a great fight sequence. They're fighting in there and then because of their struggle they end up pulling out the hose and then the entire room starts freezing. I wish that Melanie had gotten hit. I think that would have been great if she'd been hit or got injured. But no, she's perfectly fine. And Josie, lovable Josie. Miles' mom, who actually broke down when she saw her the, her adopted son. When you see her freeze to death, it's heartbreaking. And I hope that her message to Miles, and Miles is on board with this, that he doesn't betray the tale, that it's one tale. That he is willing to take over for the engineers and sabotage and do what he needs to do. I hope he does. I really hope he does. Two other things. One, I'm pretty sure that Till is going to have a repercussion from everything that happened. I'm pretty sure that her wife suspects that she knows what's going on. That she's going to betray them. Um, Leighton setting up all all the situations. Um, in I was fascinated to see all the different groups that he was meeting with, and I want to see where they're all going to meet up and what's who's going to join. And is Maintenance, the janitors, going to tell Melanie? I'm not sure. 
we are going to have to wait till this episode because officially in the trailer, they're going to have the coup. So first class is going to go against Melanie and we're going to see what happens. Still great episode. I love that this connects to the other one. And I do love that at the end of the episode, it's Layton telling LJ the secret. The fact he tells LJ this, that is really bad. She is going to, this is going to explode in Melanie's face. And I want Melanie to survive. I really do, but that's not going to happen. Or it might. We'll have to see. <sighs> so finally, last and not least, the one saved best for last, Nosferatu Season 2, Episode 2, Good Father. Finding out about Charlie was... I didn't expect it. I thought that he was just, oh, he's a rich boy. No, it turns out that he is in a Tom Branson situation. He's the chauffeur of the rich guy who married the daughter. And the dad doesn't respect him or like him. He thinks that he's too, he defers to him. He doesn't do anything. And Charlie, he's got a dream, but his father-in-law won't support him. And then because he screwed him over, they don't have any money. They don't get investments and they lose everything. Living poor and alone, and the only thing, the only good thing in his life is his sugar plum, his daughter, who was born on Christmas, shows why he's obsessed with Christmas. And it's during the 1930s, and they're in uh, Wyoming. So that part is great character development for him. It gives him a reason because he loves Millie so much. And then seeing how the wraith his, he activates his knife the first time, it's because he's going to kill his family by running into a wall, and then. Magically, they end up in Christmas land, and Millie kills her mother, and it's, oh, they're perfectly fine. Millie and Charlie are perfectly fine, and that's Christmas land. And you see that he's devoted to her, and he loves her. And throughout this episode, you see Millie in the present is freaking out because Christmas land, the lights are going off, and she wants her dad. She wants him to come home. And the whole episode, she's begging him to come home, and he's trying to get home because... Bing fixed the car, he's got a kid in the back and they're driving, and oh, Bing getting the kid. That is a great episode and a great scene because we see Bing as good Bing because he's not being a jerk. Because when he picks up the kid, the kid is in a cage at his friend's house. His friends wrote gay on his forehead. Not his friends, the kids that he's left with and the babysitter's just looking at uh, her cell phone. And Bing is horrified by this, and he totally would. He told he told the kid, "I'm if you want, I'll kill him." And I like the kid's response, like, "No, because you're the only person who talks to me about it. You're my friend." And then I like that Bing's comment is like, "I felt I was big because I was full of sad, but you know what? I thought about it. it makes me glad." Oh, Bing, 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 Bing! I want you to be good, but you're a horrible person, so. And you taking the kid away, that's... But I do enjoy that when he gets the kid in the car finally and Charlie has escaped the hospital and he's he's killed a, a really perverted security officer and he's stapled himself together. He looks like a decrepit old man. And you see him, you see the cops show up and then they open the door and it's young, it's uh, Zachary Quinto without the makeup. He's like, hey, what's up? And he's talking not like Charlie. That was a... Very fascinating point, because usually, no matter what, Charlie will talk like an old man. This is the first time you hear him talking like a young man, so. That is an interesting point. 
Like, does he, he I know he's got to know about the modern technology, but I'm wondering if he's going to just keep, if he's going to start talking normal this entire season, or if he's going to go back to the speaking like Santa Claus. Also, seeing him interact with Bruce Wayne, uh, sorry, Wayne, that was a dramatic scene. Because he doesn't even, he doesn't have his powers yet. He can't tell him, oh, that's, that's uh, Viv's, or uh, Vic's son. He's like, oh, do I know you? And he's like, no, bye. So I'm curious if, if Wayne is going to know that that's Charlie and if he's going to stay the hell away from him. More importantly, I wonder if um, Lou is going to protect Wayne or if he's going to give up Wayne. Overall, great episode. The ending, though, that ending where you see he comes home and Millie's so happy to see her dad. And she's like, Dad, you're going to stay home, right? And he's like, no, I can't. The mission. It's all for the mission. When he says that, you're, Millie's like heartbroken. Like, why? You're going to die. And she feels betrayed. I think this is going to lead to a power struggle between Millie and, and Charlie. And I hope that this leads to something great. We are going to have to wait and see, though, aren't we? So, I think that's it for this. Uh, I think that's all I could say about these episodes. I usually would go back and forth with Greta, but like I said, Greta's away. So, I think that's it. Thank you guys for listening. I'm your host, Zan. I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time. Keep watching movies or TV shows. See ya.